Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major podcast recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. I want to give a brief heads up and apology. This uh, podcast might be a little bit quiet on the audio. I'm still getting comfortable with my brand new mic and audio interface. So just bear with me. Have some patience. All of that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be a bit of a longer one in general is giving you guys a heads up i'm doing a recap of the things that was good for the seattle mariners as well as the things that quite frankly uh we struggled with and with that being said let's get straight into it shall we well around the world starts out with a couple of injury updates for the nfl dak prescott is officially cleared to return back to practice it's a fantastic thing for uh cowboy nation they've been dealing with the quarterback controversy between cooper rush and dak prescott dak prescott returns and assumes the role that he was rightfully owed. Aaron Rodgers did not practice today for the Green Bay Packers. He's dealing with a consistent thumb injury. We'll be kind of see TBD how far that will affect him as we get closer on to the end of the week. Good news out of Pittsburgh. Rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett sounds like he has been cleared from his concussion protocol. He was a full participant in practice today. Uh, Sam Darnold has returned to practice and opened the 21-day window for the Carolina Panthers. Sounds like he's trying to fight his way back and head coach interim coach Steve Wilkes is going to be having an open quarterback controversy. The job will not be guaranteed back to Baker Mayfield. The Yankees advanced to the ALCS yesterday with the matchup over the win over the Cle- Cle- uh, excuse me, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, the Yankees will be facing the Houston Astros in this series. My prediction is that I will pick Houston to win in six. Colts owner Jim Ursay stated yesterday there was, quote, no merit to removing Dan Snyder from his uh, position and his ownership of the Washington Command- Commanders football team. Uh, there is no merit to removing uh, Dan Snyder, or excuse me, there is merit, excuse me, in that potential 24 uh, four votes exist. Those 24 votes are needed as a requirement and the base number to make an executive decision to remove somebody out of power, such as Dan Snyder. Excuse me, as, as I turn the page. Phillies win 2-0 in game one of the a of the NLCS over the San Diego Padres. They were powered by home runs by Bryce Harper and, Nick, uh, and uh, Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber absolutely crushed the baseball yesterday to a tune of 480 plus feet. Zach Wheeler absolutely shoved on the mound, posting seven innings, one hit ball, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Uh, we're going to do a quick ad break earlier in the show today. I have a lengthy Mariner section for you guys. Just kind of recapping a couple things. And with that being said, let's get into the ad break. Do you enjoy quality, clean energy? Do you crash hard after the midday coffee? Check out Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy is a keto-friendly energy option for those who need a little pick-me-up throughout the long workday. Crash and jitter-free, Dubby Energy provides a boost of, of these... Uh, Excuse me. Uh, provides you with a boost of tasty, crash, jitter-free energy to help you conquer your busy day. Free of artificial colors and dyes, and it's even sugar-free. Use code WSS to get 10% off your order today. Again, use code WSS to get 10% off your order today. That is D-U-B-B-Y-Energy.com. Oh, those ad reads are always fun. Uh, Mariners, this is uh, going to be a pretty much a recap of some of the things that went right, some of the things that went wrong, uh, kind of the takeaways I have from these things, and we're going to gonna jump into that, and then we'll work our way down to the Seattle Seahawks section today. Well, the season that it was, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sometimes for some of us people like myself, it can be kind of hard to watch baseball on, uh, you know, in the between the, uh, the Phillies, the Padres. Now we'll see the Yankees and the uh, Houston Astros taking part 
part in that war of attrition between two you know potential god squads and everything so but i mean the real question that i want to talk about today is what went right for the Seattle Mariners versus what went wrong. Uh, some people heard this conversation on the Brock and Salk show. I really thought it was intriguing. I want to dive into it a little bit deeper and give my analysis and my takeaways from what I saw this season. Obviously, for what went right, and then we're going to work our way to what went wrong here later on in this segment. What went right, though? Julio Rodriguez. The season that he had, posting a historic season of a 25-25 home run of 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases, was a historic season. Not only did he have this historic season, Season, they signed him to a massive extension of 14 possible years. John Stanton finally made a statement with that contract, not only showing it to the fans, but most importantly to the clubhouse and locker room that they are trying to lock up the core foundation of this team for years to come. The addition of Luis El Pedre Castillo in a true ace was something that we clamored and hoped and begged for for years on end. Castillo being one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball, you had to, uh, we, yeah, it's unfortunate, you had to cough up top prospects in Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo along with Connor Phillips. But making that statement that management believed in this team was not only the first step in, in making a nucleus with this team, it also sent a shockwave throughout Major League Baseball that the Seattle Mariners were here to make waves and to get business done. They signed Luis Castillo to a multi-year extension deal just a few short months after they were able to trade for him and the one person in attendance that was there in primary function from the Seattle Mariners was one Julio Rodriguez. Cal Raleigh, you absolutely had a rough start to, to, to your season, young man. I can't disagree with it. I'm not trying to throw shade at Cal Raleigh. It was a rough start. He struggled so bad at the start of the season that they found themselves splitting time between him and Tom of the day. Cal Raleigh is our, he is our gunnery sergeant. He is the big dumper. He is so many things to this organization, and we are truly thankful and blessed to have Cal Raleigh behind the plate on a day-to-day -day basis. Swing decisions at the beginning of the season for Cal Raleigh were poor to say the very least or to put it kindly. He did get what was called a life preserver from Jerry and he, as he spoke on that on the Mike Salk show to give him an opportunity to reset and work on some things that he quite frankly needed to do and bring Cal back up to the big league roster as a, as of need and overall uh, team filling needs in the lineup for over, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to figure out the words to say, but pretty much they didn't have any better options. Carroy what was the best option available and they absolutely took advantage of it. Excuse me, the eighth best WRC plus of all catchers in Major League Baseball was absolutely incredible. Thankful for when it comes to Cal Raleigh and his toughness playing through the broken thumb and torn ligaments. George Kirby, or is, yeah, excuse me, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert both evolving right in front of our eyes was an absolute treasure for all of us to watch and enjoy. George Kirby's ability to locate his pitches and on a consistent basis improving he was more of an artist than a blacksmith as Brock Heward so fancy likes to say. Limiting walks to force weak contact, George Kirby showed us what the potential can be when you have a starting pitcher who is young and has the repertoire and skill set that he possesses on a on a week to week basis. Logan continued to lean on his fastball starting out in Minnesota when it was frozen cold and Byron Bucks and hitting home runs all over the ballpark. Something clicked though for George Kirby. We started to see, or excuse me for Logan Gilbert. We started to see that the change up becoming evolving two left-handed batters. Knuckle curves were being incorporated considerably more throughout his pitch arsenal. Logan seemed to evolve in the second half of the season in a Randy Johnson-esque kind of approach and, and, and presence on the mound. The, the, the goatee later in the season, really personifying his Walter mentality and uh, 
really taking Mantle as the number four best pitcher in this rotation simply because, I mean, some people will say that he, he should be higher, but that's more of a Robbie Ray conversation than a uh, Logan Gilbert conversation. Bullpen, again, was simply in incredible. Simply, simply incredible. Back-to-back -back seasons of this bullpen absolutely being dominant. On It's something that's so rare in baseball. Bullpens are one of the more, most finical things in all, all of sports, that especially baseball, that you never really know what they're going to be able to bring on this at the beginning of the season we lost Casey Sadler in spring training to a huge injury which was devastating because of his long relief role in this bullpen and allowed Scott Service to utilize the rest of his pitchers to maximum opportunities Matt Brash turning into a weapon out of the bullpen after he recreated himself from a starting pitcher after his struggles with the last start happening against the Houston Astros Seawald Castillo Munoz Swanson and Matt Festa all were absolutely fantastic this season. Matt Brash provided quality clutch innings and was some of the most important baseball uh, parts of the baseball season for the Seattle Mariners. Good vibes only Gino Suarez. Really providing that bounce back season that the Mariners were hoping he could have after he had a down spot, uh, down season in Cincinnati. Gino Suarez proved to everybody that he is everything we could have hoped for. The locker room presence, he really took leadership of this team from Mitch, from Marco, from JP Crawford, and showed the city of Seattle how much he loves this city. He has embraced this city and he's thankful to have a consistent fan base who is always behind their players. And unfortunately, this this is the next segment. What went wrong, right? Jesse Winker has to start this off. Lost his form at the at the plate. Uh, he after posting a 950 OPS season in Cincinnati in the previous year, Jesse Winker was unable to just uh, really function much of anything in Seattle this season. It was a huge down, uh, huge disappointment. A lot of people might like myself are really hopeful. And really uh, just kind of counting on Jesse Winker to come in and just post the same season he did, which is wrong on all accounts. We shouldn't have done that, myself included. But uh, hopefully, we can, after talking about Jesse Winker and back-to-back -back days and all of the criticism and conversation between Twitter and Instagram and Facebook on Jesse Winker and Seattle Sports Station, that he can bounce back, take this to heart, may you know, and figure out what he needs to do to get stronger at, at the plate, become more athletic, and become a bigger part of this of this team, and find the way to become a part of this team in an overall way that can be uh, productive for years to come. Robbie Ray. In a sense, it wasn't exactly what went wrong. He was just okay, I guess. He wasn't, he was good. He wasn't great. He didn't have a Cy Young year again, unfortunately. Obviously, that's kind of an, uh, you know, a very realistic, unrealistic thing to, you know, account for as a back-to-back -back Cy Young seasons with how rare those do become and show up. But the main issue with Robbie was the fact that he allowed plenty of long balls. He had one of the, I believe, the second or first amount or first most home runs allowed in all of baseball from starting pitching in general. Um, Josiah Gray of the Washington Nationals, I believe, was two. Uh, that order one or two is can, can be flipped. I'd have to look it up again. Um, but Robbie Ray did have double-digit wins on the season. He did struggle down the end of the year, especially in the last couple of starts in the first in this outing in Toronto, obviously. But Robbie uh, Robbie Ray, we hope that you can use more than a four-seam fastball, a two-seam fastball, and a slider next season. I would like to see more change-ups and stuff like that included overall. Okay, um, J.P. Crawford really struggled with the bat and, and his glove. A lot of defensive metrics had him at below average on defense, which is kind of his calling card and made J.P. Crawford J.P. Crawford. His, uh, his offense, again, wasn't great. Back-to-back -back seasons where the bat was just disappointing. Too many moments where guys get on base and he does not, they don't come in to score. This isn't exactly J.P. Crawford's fault. He's only one guy in the lineup, 
but uh, this is a call to another issue with offense that needs to be addressed in the offseason. Adam Frazier continued his struggles after last season or the half of the season after being traded from Pittsburgh to San Diego, where he posted as a subpar season. He came to Seattle, struggled again. Which obviously is disappointing to see, but uh, Frazier's glove was decent. It wasn't great. Um, pretty much league average for 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 the glove on Frazier at second base. Um, if JP's going to stay with the team for next season, it's going to have to be at second base. They have to go approach Alexander Bogart, a Trey Turner, a Dansby Swanson. Uh, there's a whole list of them. We'll get into that conversation as we get longer and throughout the uh, off season in general, when we get closer to the the December winter meetings in Florida. Mitch Hanniger, unfortunately, getting hurt with that ankle injury, missing 98 games. Uh, miss, it's just a bummer on all accounts for Mitch. It's like he either plays a season a full, and then the next season he misses. And then in one season he posts for 135 games, and he misses a bunch the, the the next season. It's really a back and forth when it comes to Mitch. It's really disappointing. Um, as far as what his situation holds for next season, we'll get into that probably in, in the future shows. I would imagine they'll probably offer him a one-year deal. I don't know whether or not he takes that because of his injury-based uh, uh, health and the background and his history, but I guess we'll talk about that when we get closer to the winter meetings. Tom Murphy uh, to the season-ending th- shoulder injury, which we talked about with the Kyle Raleigh went went right this season. But overall, it was a pretty good season for Tom Murphy. Yes, it was short. He's still a great locker room presence. He had a really strong start to the season with the bat at the plate, and obviously he can general and handle the uh, the di- the catching and dishing issues with throwing out batters and runners and all that stuff. Tom Murphy will play a good backup role for next season. Ty. France, you really disappointed a lot of people in, in the second half. Some people could say Jesse Winker was the, was the biggest disappointment because he really struggled throughout the most of the season. Some people will say Ty France because Ty France really didn't post much of anything when it comes to the uh, postseason and stuff like that, which I'm not trying to like shade or, you know, throw harm at the, uh, at the poor man. But the, the facts are quite simple that Ty France, after his injury at first base, just was not Ty France that we're accustomed to seeing. And that's got to change sooner than later whether or not Ty France has got to get back in the lab he's got to figure out a way to fill this position a little bit differently is to is TBD to be determined but overall uh, there's plenty of things for this Mariner team that we should be proud of it's almost amazing it's not almost it really is amazing what they were able to accomplish this season with the fact that we had as many things go wrong as things went right um, granted a lot of the young kids Julio Kirby Cal Gilbert um, had really strong seasons yes we got Luis Castillo on, on those all those big major points but ultimately at the end, at the end of the, the day us as the Emerald City faithful the diehard Mariners fans true to the blue and ga- embrace the, the 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 chaos see us rise all those uh you know all those slang, uh, slogans and statements and sayings we have a lot to, to be thankful for and i just want to touch on a couple things that went right and a couple things that went wrong this season a couple things for the Seahawks and then i'm going to bounce out for you guys today uh the Seahawks have made it clear they will be exploring trades and are exploring trades for cornerback uh veteran Sidney Jones the rookies have just taken the mantle between Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen when it comes to the cornerback positions. Michael Jackson, obviously, as well. And it sounds like they're also relying and talking about Trey Brown. We'll get to him in a couple minutes. Uh, Tariq Woolen, uh, congratulations to Tariq Woolen on winning the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, obviously, a fantastic note. And the guy is absolutely, the kid's so talented, so long. And I'm very happy for the young man overall. He's had a great start to his season. Fun fact for you guys and a fun little stat to toss in. 
Richard Sherman's uh, career or total interceptions for his first season in the NFL was four, uh, and uh, Tariq Wollin already has four. Al Woods for the injury updates for today, quote, feels good. Um, having a nice bounce back week. He anticipates to be ready to go this week versus the Chargers. Gabe Jackson is day-to-day with a hip injury. Um, sounds like they're just going to kind of monitor it at the end, you know, day by day, and then by the probably by Friday, we'll have a better designation of what possibly or might happen here for Sunday's game. Trey Brown is getting uh, much closer to getting back on the field and be able to, to compete in practice, but that's going to be a couple of weeks out before we're able to get to that conversation. Travis Homer's making really good progress. He's eligible to come off the IR in a week, and it sounds like he'll be ready to rip, roar, and be ready to go. Uh, linebacker linebacker Daryl Bam Johnson is unclear on how he is recovering. The team's kind of confu- not confused, but there's just more gray area on him. Not as much detail. Be curious to see what becomes, becomes of that as we get closer throughout the week as well. LJ Collier is going to practice this week as he continues to deal and manage with a thumb injury. And Bruce Irvin is going to be pretty close to be ready to go. It's going to be kind of a monitoring on his learning curve of the defense and the overall scheme they're running. Sounds like they're going to be uh, kind of evaluating him on Friday. And then we will go from there to see whether or not he's going to be able to be activated for this week's game against the LA Chargers at SoFi Stadium. With that being said, that's going to be today's podcast, guys. Um, Again, uh, please let me know on any platform possible for all my listeners. You can find me on Instagram at first and last name for me. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at capital PNW Professor. uh, There's also a Twitter page on uh, for the podcast at West Side Sports Pod 7. Uh, Facebook group is Sports in the Northwest with a green and signal Mariners teal uh, sign there for you guys. And uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day. This is going to be a process of getting this mic and everything adjusted. Hopefully this isn't too quiet for you guys. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of screaming in the mic today, but I'm also learning with, with this new setup. So bear with me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.